Hey, my name is Chris McAllister, and I spent 10 years rabidly chasing my goals. A custom-built home at age 22, a custom-dream home for my family at age 27, a millionaire on paper. I spoke for large audiences. I led a nonprofit where I had a large team, and it all came crashing down. Eviction notice, a box of Cheerios I couldn't buy, I could barely feed my family, my wife sold her engagement ring, and I've spent the last eight years obsessively studying, teaching, coaching others on what I have to remind myself of every day day, that the key to finding sustainable happiness, that sustainable flow, is to unblock yourself from self-sabotage and be at your best. My goal is to guide you through fear by slowing down the moment to help you harness your energy. This podcast will talk you through the stress and help you feel calm and organized. Do you know the guy that came up with uh, the testing where you pick the A, B, C, D, this multiple choice testing actually said that it shouldn't be used to measure intelligence because it only measures the lowest common denominator of intelligence. And this idea that we hit so often in our lives and our leadership, and that is so much as either or choices, and what I want to do today is introduce a critical thinking skill and then apply it to your life and what it means to take this 10,000 step journey. So the critical thinking skill is this, to be able to hold two ideas in your mind at the same time. For so many people, again, they've got to pick one or the other. Which one is it? And we actually do not have to do that. I want to read to you a quote from a Danish physicist, Niels Bohr. He said, the opposite of a fact is a falsehood. Okay, that's easy enough. If it's not true, it's false. But the opposite of one profound truth may very well be another profound truth. That's this idea that um, when we have critical thinking skills, sophisticated intelligence, we can hold two ideas at the same time. Uh, One profound truth, the opposite of that may be another profound truth. We don't have to necessarily pick a side. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you one of those tensions uh, that my mind got lit up by years ago in regards to leadership. And it was a saying that I came across the tradition of my childhood. It was a statement that Jesus had made, and it was, uh, be cunning as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Now, I want to break that down real quick because so many of the great phrases uh, that we draw from worldwide or, or teachings or phrase uh, ways of saying things invite our brain into attention that, hey, which one is it? Do I need to be, you know, slippery like a snake, uh, slimy, uh, not that snakes are slimy, but just go with me, uh, moving around, being cunning, or do I need to be so harmless, so gentle like a dove? Well, which one is it? So let me hit the pause button real quick. This last you know, the last four podcasts of this 10,000 step journey that we're taking, we've stirred up the vision. Hopefully we've gotten to the point that we've let it rage. I mean, you've thought about who you are and then who you want to be. You've dreamt it up as big as you can. Now, there are two problems with the lives of most people or the leadership, I should say, of most people. They either have tame ambitions or they're unsafe people. And you can have both. You could have somebody who has a raging ambition who isn't safe. We want to become people who harness the power of our ambition. We let it rage, but we're safe. 
How are we going to do that? Well, we covered what it means to be a safe leader really in the first 12 podcasts, right? Starting at Reframe Everything. That's a complete deconstruction and reconstruction of who you are. That's what I'm laying out in the Figure That Shift Out book. But I can just hit it here in this idea too because it's encapsulated in such a beautiful small way. How do we become safe leaders? Well, it's about our motives. We're harmless as a dove. We're not wanting to hurt people. We're wanting to help people. At the core of who we are, what's the motive for our actions? Now, if our motives are solid, harmless as a dove, we can be as cunning and strategic as we need to be to move the mission forward to get the job done, to make the reality that is in our mind, the vision that we see happen. So, you know, for a lot of leaders, tame ambitions are a serious problem. Now, by tame, I don't necessarily mean the scale or scope of our vision. Some people will impact a million other people. Most won't, and that's okay. I mean tame in the fact that we don't believe a relationship can be turned around to be enjoyable or that it can be that enjoyable. We have team visions in the fact that we don't believe we can get that much fulfillment from our work. And I know from experience and studying others, uh, you know, and I've, I've just known this so vivid and real, your work can be so amazing it makes your hair stand on end. And I got to define this, not, not that I mean you get scared. I mean that you're on the edge of your abilities and you feel so alive. I used to experience that in a weekly way. And, and now oftentimes I almost experience it daily. Sometimes I've had it happen two or three times in a day. And here's the barrier to that kind of life. You won't just drift there. You're not just going to wake up one day and be like, whoa, I can't believe I get to do work that's this uh, this unobstructed expression of who I am. I can't believe I get to relate at such a deep level free of insecurity where I know and am known. You're not just going to get there. So what does it take? Well, every day we want to be present. We want to be engaged and we're future focused. We're headed somewhere. We're ambitious. The ambition rages. But as the ambition rages, we're not dangerous to others. We're harmless as a dove, our motives. Our motives are to help others be empowered, to grow, to develop. We're cunning as snakes. This speaks to our strategy. We aren't afraid to be the most cunning person in the room. And this is the tension because these two ideas seem to cancel each other out. Yet the opposite of a profound truth may very well be another profound truth. So the question I would have for you is this. Do you feel permission and freedom to be as cunning as you need to be? Now, here's the ultimate motive check to be able to answer that question. And then I'm going to give you an exercise to wrestle this out. When you think about what it means for people to come to you, to be helped by you, what are you doing for them? We could think about this as families. We could think about this as institutions. We could think about this in the context of religions. It'll apply to any uh, organization of human beings. The point of all institutions, the point of all religion, the point of all family systems, the point of all human groupings should be this, to empower the individual so the community benefits. An empowered human being comes to the point when they're secure in who they are, they will build healthy community. So the point of all of these 
is to empower the individual. Now, what oftentimes that individuals do um, within these systems, within the institution, within the religion, within the family system, is do what? Insecurely try to keep you connected to it in a way that they feed off of you. And rather than you willfully showing up and helping build it in a way that isn't shame-based, there's shame that keeps you in it. And so that's why the journey of freedom so oftentimes means leaving the thing that meant so much to you at some other point in your journey. I think about this with the leadership work I do. I think about this as a, as a father. I don't want to build something people have to leave. But instead, what they find within it is the empowerment of who they are. That's the harmless as a dove. And as the motive is solid, as best as we can understand ourselves, and no one will understand yourself perfectly, as the motive is solid, let's turn up the ambition. Let's turn up the strategery. Um so that we can say, I want to move this dream, this mission forward. I want to see this relationship change. Now, let me give you a practical exercise on how to flesh this out. There's tons of ways to do this. And as we go through the podcast this year, I'm going to be giving you different ways about what it means to be in a moment in a small, simple way and dynamically lead it to shift the energy. But here's some small examples. One could be, uh, I'll use a work example, I'll use a relationship example, and I'll use a parenting example, Uh, a work example. You could be sitting in a meeting and know exactly where something needs to go, and it's going to benefit the team, and it's going to benefit you, and your motive is solid, you want to help, you know, move the mission forward, improve the bottom line, whatever's happening in the moment. So what do you do? What does it mean for you to be cunning? Well, maybe... You tell a story that you know will deeply resonate with the team leader and win them over so that you increase your likability so that you can then use a sentence after you tell the story to connect it to the decision and say, and that's like the decision we're talking about right now. And I think we should, and then you fill in the blank, right? Harmless as a dove, cunning as a serpent. You've now used uh, your skill to move it into a direction. And sure, there are a lot of people that would never do that. They're not going to speak up. That's not who I work with. I, I love working with those people who want to get to the edge of their abilities, who want to become the best they can be, who want to become the most, you know, not that it's a contest, but who want to become one of the most aware people in the room. And those are the people that aren't going to sit back. They want to lead. And they may be afraid they have what it takes. They may be afraid that they're going to not belong if they speak up and get ostracized. And we walk through all those fears and other things that we do. But they learn how to get what they need so they can speak, right, and influence the strategy. So there's a work example. Let's use a relationship example. Maybe you're in a relationship that you know, it isn't moving forward like you'd like. Now, first and foremost, this is going to be ridiculous, but most people don't change. And I know that's crazy because I work with people and we see dramatic change happen. And I believe in the human potential for change, but most people don't. So if you're in a relationship where it's going in a direction that concerns you, then just know that that's going to only continue, statistically speaking. 
But what I mean is if there's a misunderstanding occurring and you feel good about the trajectory of the relationship, but this is a, a change you'd like to see happen in it. What does it mean for you to be harmless as a dove cunning as a serpent? Well, if that person enjoys being with you and you enjoy being with them and there's a misunderstanding that's occurring, what would it look like for you to pay attention to how they enjoy communicating? Do they enjoy communicating maybe after you've had a relaxing evening out and there's been a lot of laughs? Maybe it's earlier in the morning when they're ready to approach the day in a fresh way and they've had their coffee. Or maybe after their coffee, it's not good because they're ready to jump into work and get the to-do the, the to list done and they're really ramped up. To be harmless as a dove and cunning as a serpent means I can hold this within myself and wait for the right time and bring it up in a timing and in a gentle, smooth way that we can correct this misunderstanding. Now, is that manipulative? Because that's the thing that people misunderstand this idea with. Is that manipulative? No, you're just trying to wait for the best time, right? You're cunning built on a harmless, being harmless as a dove, the good motive. Let's move the relationship forward. Parenting, parenting example. Gosh, so many are flooding through my mind right now (laughs) Uh, because of the phase of life that I'm in right now. But for me, um, harmless as a dove, cunning as a snake, one of my kids is facing an issue right now and I want to help them with it, okay? But I know they won't hear my words. And so I asked somebody who's become a friend to, they faced a similar struggle. I said, would you type up a letter to yourself at that age when you had that struggle and what you would say? And they did it for me. And then I get to give that to my daughter. And then she gets to hear words that can impact her. And I'm so thankful for my friend that did this. Because I know that she's more likely to hear it that way than from me right now. Is that manipulative? No. It's just being smart. My motive is to help her become empowered. To be free of this struggle. Or better way of saying that. That in the struggle she just learns to love herself more. So, do you feel permission and freedom to be as cunning as you need to be? If you're stuck on motive, you'll never know it perfectly. Search it out. Go back through the first 12 episodes. Read, figure that shift out. Turn up the ambition. Let it rage. Be cunning where you need to be as a safe leader. Peace.